2: the same attributes it takes to be a tight end.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, out. touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr., gonna catch it,
3: he did Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket, DoorDash, and BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. And as always, I am joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. On today's show, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be joined as uh, if you did listen to the show that came out on Wednesday. It was the the draft series part one. The draft series part two is today's edition. We're going to be joined by Pat corain and Peter Overzet. As I said yesterday make sure you're following the guys on Twitter Peter is at Peter Overzet Pat is at Pat Carain. and check out all the fantastic work they're doing as we head into the season and as the season progresses um, it's hard to believe it is week one we're ready for the action I really wish you all the best of luck in the NFL season this year hopefully uh, we are all celebrating come the end of December with some championships uh, as our as our prize when it all is said and done. As I mentioned, today's episode is going to be the second half of that Football Guys draft that we did um, on Tuesday. Um, A lot of fun recording the draft. Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode if you've listened to that first part of the draft. Of course, we did the Bold Prediction show as well with Peter Overzet, which came out on Tuesday. Make sure you check that out. Some some interesting uh, predictions in there. We'll see how many of those come true as we get towards uh, the back end of the season. But some of those were involving this coming week's action. So know the result of those pretty quickly as always when you listen to the show you can get yourself a Rotoviz nfl pass with a 10 percent discount you can simply do that by going to rotavis.com forward slash podcast or by adding the code 2020 rv radio at checkout save yourself 10 percent. get yourself ready for the season and uh, all the tools there obviously can be used in season as well to set those lineups get those rosters into tip-top shape so with all that said we'll get straight into it let's jump aboard the second half of the draft and see how this roster finalizes
2: colin we're wrapping back around here who who are some of our top guys we might be looking at in round 10
3: yeah i i I muted myself so we wouldn't know who he would take here but no i went uh, (laughs) i went out of the room and came back and didn't unmute myself uh so i i was actually telling you maybe three minutes ago that johnny smith had come off the board but obviously nobody heard that either um I think like there's a <laughs> couple of players here that are probably uh, the ones that are going to enter that are going to interest me, but it doesn't sound like carry on Johnson's still in the mix for Pat. He was somebody we took around the spot in the main event draft, obviously Peterson signing in there, but I-, I would think of that as something a little bit similar to the, the situation with Ronald Jones, but um, you know, I'm open to a different opinion. So to,
4: to I me, just put it's two, Hardman right now. I, I just, yeah, I put, I just put in Hardman and Slayton into our queue.
1: Those would be the two for me, too.
4: Sean? I like both of those guys. Slayton is
2: a guy that the Giants, I think, are fascinating because so many of our tools like all of the receivers, in part because we ne- haven't necessarily seen them all play together healthy. You know, with Evan Ingram, how is that going to work out? I know the practice reports have been very good for Sterling Shepard. I know they've been very good for Evan Ingram. You look at what Slayton did. Last year, as a rookie who didn't have anything expected of him, you look at that athleticism that he has. I think that he could be a guy who takes a step forward, like a DJ Chark, although it's very different in terms of just how much volume he's going to be expected to take on. You know yeah, what the like five seconds is to carry the offense.
4: Yeah, I got Slayton. He, we're going to get Slayton here. Um, I think okay. that makes m- the most sense too, based on Hardman having a better chance of making it back to us as well. I'm good with it. Um. Yeah. I think Slayton's pretty exciting. Uh very nice guy to have as your as your wide receiver six here. And depending on what these guys do, we might be able to just get both of them. Calm you are you uh on board with uh, Darius Slayton there? Not that you have a choice after we
3: uh already
1: been A revenge pick for the Rojo pick.
3: <laughs> it was uh it was, it was Uh no, I, like it's just around this point obviously, you know, trying to fill out those running back spots, but I know Sean think you know getting those six minimum wide receivers um and we'll still be able to fill up on them a little bit later but um i don't i don't know about how, how you feel but like the ronald jones news it hasn't changed my opinion a huge amount with peterson signing with the lions um On johnson was somebody who who we took in the main event draft are you guys both off him at this point
1: i want a little bit more of a discount just because you're already looking at a split there with um you know, with Swift and I and I like Swift a lot as a prospect and I like his chances to take over that backfield. So you're getting you're getting carry on in this range before. So if after Mm -hmm. the Peterson signing and they do seem like they're actually gonna use him a bit, I'd like to get him, you know, a round or two later.
4: Definitely makes sense. Uh let's see here. Breeze going to uh team two who got three tight ends. Man, it I guess Team three would have been a candidate to grab Noah Fant as their first tight end, but uh, it seems like he was very close to falling to us there if if Pennies didn't start his draft uh, with three tight ends that early.
1: What about uh, Deshaun Jackson as an option that, I mean, I guess with Rager coming back, uh, looking like he might be there for week two, that takes some of the luster off of Jackson, but he's a name we should probably float.
4: Yeah, Hardman does go. I mean, my thing with Jackson is, like, I definitely get the appeal, like you just said, of, like, early season production and for those teams that start with a bunch of running backs. If you're grabbing, you know, Deshaun as one of your first couple to buy you time, I just, with the wide receiver which we've drafted, I just have a really hard time envisioning how he's ever going to sniff your starting lineup. Especially later on in the season when we probably need this wide receiver to be emerging. This zero running back range has gotten kind of gross with the AP signing for Kerryon Johnson. Um, Sean, is anything jumping out to you here?
2: Well, I think that because we do have a couple of running backs, there's not as much of a need to have the early season protection that a Chris Thompson might bring, but he's someone where I think even as a pure pass catcher is going to score so many points relative to price that he's someone you always have to look at. A little bit there. Damian Harris is, is interesting. Obviously, we had him in the early draft. It's a, a huge bummer that he is injured, and I think that knocks him down to where you would want a couple more round discount on him. <laughs> I, looking at what just happened, I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't bring up Ebron. We had made a, a bold prediction about how big a role he was going to play on the teams on the MFC mm-hmm. winning teams. I have a have a hard time. With him going in the 10th round, even though I like him so much, the tight end premium pulls him up into that range, that I think is a little bit uncomfortable. Jackson now off the board, but I think he is someone like Pete said, right? I think he fits a lot better with a hardcore running back build than than what we have going on.
1: What about uh, the mentor here, uh, Darrell Williams, or um, Jalen Rager? It might be a little early for Rager, depending on how you feel about that injury. I'm We're up to clock by the way.
4: Yeah, we Sean, we have uh 26 seconds here. I've put in Darrell Williams, Tevin Coleman uh into the queue. Uh anybody else? Someone make a make a case here. I'm okay with Darrell Williams, Coleman, who do you like?
3: No, I think I'll go Darrell Williams too. This is where we took DeAndre Washington
4: in the and
3: yeah. the, the last draft, but we'll yeah. take a shot here on Darrell. All
4: right, let's do Darrell. I just uh there we go. The, um, can, you, can you play the mentor uh, highlight reel, Pete? I, I haven't uploaded that one into the system. You know? it's, uh, We're still yeah. a one highlight reel show, unfortunately, right now. Um, Sean, how have you been rethinking this Chiefs backfield after the DeAndre Washington release?
2: I think it's going to be interesting. I think that Darwin Thompson, despite maybe not getting the buzz, I think in part because so many people were burned on him last year and because the Chiefs – just didn't seem to care for. Him. I mean, they had opportunities to play him last year and didn't go with it. I think the fact that they chose him makes him an interesting play really late. Also, Washington if I understand correctly signed to the practice squad someone who may still factor into that. I think that that Williams here I like him, you know, I, certainly he was on the zero running back update. I think this is perhaps a little bit early, but it's a little bit of an awkward range in terms of the picks if there's not that tight end that we wanted i think he could end up being a trap play at the same time you look at that chief's offense and what the starter is going to do what he himself did when he got a couple of starts last year a couple of games where he was a heavy touch guy and it's a lot better move than i think taking some of these committee backs who don't really have that same path to having the kind of big games that williams has
4: yeah it does seem like out of the gate uh that Darrell Williams is going to have some nice standalone value and then also provide that contingent value too. If for some reason, CH is a bust. I know no one wants to, uh, to consider that an option, but that's still uh, a possibility. And then of course, injuries and all the other kind of volatility that can hit. I like having, um, a piece of that backfield for sure. Um, or even
1: if CH just isn't all that effective at the NFL level on the goal line, let's just say he's just not that great on the goal line as a rookie. I mean, that would be huge right there for Daryl Williams. So I agree, it's a little early here, but um, sometimes you fall into these pockets where there's not really anyone who, who jumps out. Yeah.
4: Um, Pat, Tom is wondering, are you, are you drinking beer or was that like a seltzer?
1: <laughs> no, but uh, this has quickly become a, a tradition where I share what I'm drinking. This is a cherry lime LaCroix. I have not had that before. It's quite good.
4: Yeah, we're we're off the sauce this afternoon. Again, guys, it's, it's 3 p.m. Eastern. Like, I love, you know... Our lives are very nice, you know, being able to draft fantasy football teams, but our lives aren't so nice that we can just be drinking and drafting fantasy football teams at 3 p.m. in the afternoon.
1: <laughs> On the Tuesday after holiday weekend. <laughs> <Yeah. fun.
4: laughs> oh, man. No, I went to the gym today after a long weekend of, uh, of drinking and eating, and I, I paid for it very dearly, every every single uh, drink. Colm, do you guys, uh, did you guys get a, a Labor Day weekend out there or No.
3: No, we don't celebrate it over here, but uh, well,
4: it's such we, a bummer uh, it hasn't made its way over there.
3: Yeah, we kind of steal everything else from you guys, so it's surprising that we haven't stolen that yet. But um, no pretty pretty slow weekend here this this past weekend. Um, so uh, we get a, we get what we call is uh, bank holidays. So it's basically like the banks are closed for one day. So we get like eight of those a year. So that's our equivalent to like you know Labor Day and the different you know Fourth of July weekend. Ours are just like rubbish they're just called bank all this <laughs> there you go so
4: get the day off we, that
3: rubbish. we yeah we get the day off we didn't uh, we didn't get too creative uh, when we were coming up with the names
1: <laughs> all right so it's coming back to us quickly here i don't think we have any snipers i feel like we can talk pretty freely obviously team seven is drafting probably off of sean's draft plan but maybe not watching live here so uh who are you uh liking when it comes back to us here
3: I'd like a, I'd like if uh, A.J. Dillon met it back to us. That's a good
4: one. I like A.J. Dillon. Sean, are you reacting at all to the news that he's uh, number three on the depth chart, or was that expected for you with Jamal Williams still there?
2: I don't think that's a big deal at this point in the season. I think especially where we're able to get him in drafts, we're looking at him being someone who's going to help after that first month. If he... You know, goes out and doesn't look good in his limited opportunities the first month of the season. That that will start to, to raise some eyebrows. But when you look at the the package that he brings to the table, there the size, athleticism, the production that he's had, he's definitely someone where if they have an injury to one of those guys. know if aaron jones has any sort of trouble then he moves into a situation where he can score a ton of points i haven't been drafting him as much as i thought i was going to in redraft i have a ton of him for dynasty where i do think he's going to move into a position where even if he doesn't catch a lot of passes he's going to be very playable i think he's got the talent to be someone where he was going in dynasty that you needed to take him i think Here in redraft, I'm looking a little bit more for guys who maybe have a hybrid profile and are going to catch more passes for us early in the season. But he's also in this pocket for us in this particular draft where we could get him in round 12 and then still really like our 13, 14, 15th round picks.
4: Yeah, and I think it sounds like we all like A.J. Dillon here. I do think what's interesting about that pick, um, you know, in conjunction with our other running back picks is that does really, I would like to add, obviously Chris Thompson went, but a guy like Naheem Hines, a guy like Darrington Evans, you know, a guy that gives us a little higher pass catching floor that we don't quite have um, so far. So I'm definitely starting to kind of think of the type of profiles our running backs have here through 11 rounds.
1: Hines is so cheap and I know Sean loves Hines and he's he's just a great guy for that type of role. So he'd be the, the dude I'd probably be eyeing on the next turn to fill in that um, yeah. standalone value because Dylan provides just a real a nice ceiling play here, which I think the
4: team could still use a bit of. Yeah, and when you have the and, anchor uh, with Dalvin Cook, um, uh oh, calm. Did he go?
3: No, no. I was just going to no. say uh, about the depth charts. Like, obviously, when you have no preseason games and you don't have any of that to buy into to see like how these depth charts are getting shaken out i think like at this point the depth charts aren't really worth that amount like if the guy's on the roster and there's like three running backs like after two weeks those depth charts could be flipped on their head from what we see at the moment unless it's somebody with an established job so whether williams is you know second in the depth chart or still and i think that's kind of it's not it's just written on paper at the moment
1: it could just be better in deference to williams as well
3: yeah Exactly. I think like and I think it might have been the Ravens were saying that you know it's basically the media team that have put together the depth charts for them. So like it, it's basically like you're saying, oh, they know that name over the, the rookie's name, so we'll just put him there on the depth chart.
2: I wanted to throw out here: we're gonna if we end up with one quarterback, one tight end, and we end up with sort of eight and eight for wide receivers and running backs, we take a couple more wide receivers, three names that I really like, and we kind of have to figure factor in where they'll go as we take our running backs here. Perry, Ayuk, and then obviously Chenault. How do those guys look in terms of, number one, wanting them on our roster, and then number two, where do you think we would need to take them, how that fits in with the running backs?
1: I think we'd have to take probably Visca here at the 13th. And I would also throw in Rager there. I think Rager and Ayuk are similar plays in that we're unsure about their week one status, but I think Rager has a much higher ceiling uh, for the season in terms of his target market share, if he ends up being, you know, relatively healthy, I so think he, he went, did he go? Oh, I missed that. If he did, oh, he did go. Okay. All right. Then, yeah, those are the same guys for me. Um, but we are good to,
4: we're good to draft Dylan here. Right.
1: Well, I think Sean's saying we want two oh. of those guys to take one of them here.
4: If we do. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Splitting it and going Dylan here and then getting a wide receiver coming back, knowing we might get miss out on all three of those targets coming back. We're good in with the- that too. Okay, let's get Dylan here, and then we can kind of pick our flavor at wide receiver uh, coming back, although I know what the chat wants. (laughs) Yeah, once
1: we get to the 13th.
4: Yeah, how dare Sean even ask how much do we want, Chanel? No, Well, no, that's not how much do we want him.
2: Where, where, where do we have to, to fit him in there? We, we know that he's got to be on every single team. It's good to get a, a Green Bay Packer for those of you who don't know Column the Packers are his
4: adopted team there in Ireland. There, we're, we're getting lots of, uh, you know, back in a former life, I was a Broncos fan, uh, grew up in Denver, got Corlin Sutton, uh, Pat has uh, pledged a lifelong allegiance to Ronald Jones, he gets him, Sean, of course, uh, the Arizona Cardinals guy with Kirk and Murray. I think we're, you know, we're, we're dishing it all out a little bit for all of us. Yep, I'm usually drafted in my Chiefs outfit, but today I do have
2: the Cardinals going here, so it's wow. great to get that that Murray-Kirk
3: It's all planned out.
2: Uh, All
1: right. So (laughs) Ayuk goes this is a little bit of a sweat, I have to say. Uh we've got Harry here still as cover. Um although you guys might just prefer Harry, but this is uh this is the point of the draft where we're starting to sweat it out on on our boy.
4: Yeah, actually Sean, let's give us your you can you you won't offend us or the chat, your breakdown on Harry versus Chenault in a vacuum. I
2: actually think I do like Chenault a little bit more. It's more of a, a price issue. Where you know, which guy is rising the fastest because we we know now with Fournette gone, the thing that there are so many fascinating things to track with Chenault. He's got, you know, these Julio comps, you know, if he can show off that athleticism to make these long plays, he's also got this weird, you know, running back element to him where he could get a ton of carries this season. He could get goal line carries. And so when you're really looking at him as a home run pick, it's never made any sense what his ADP is. And so, you know, if you have to reach based on ADP, then you feel comfortable doing that, since he should be going in the top. Of the crowd. <laughs> I
3: don't um, know who he, 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 up next.
4: <laughs> so, who you guys? The you know the other guy here that's pretty interesting to me is Robbie Anderson. Um, would love yeah, to get Robbie yeah. Anderson on a team uh, right now.
1: It's a good call, Pete. I think
2: that might
4: be the play. You know, if DJ Moore were to get hurt, uh, you know, Robbie's kind of a nice handcuff on him. Uh, you, you guys are sure you want to go this, this rookie? I heard rookies might start slow in a COVID year. It is a COVID year. I don't know. <laughs> okay, the chat is literally just getting absolutely restless about this. Okay, all right. Let's just make sure. Uh, all right, make sure I'm pressing the right button. Uh, let's make sure it populates on the screen that there was no clerical errors there okay we did just in fact draft LaVisca (laughs) (laughs) Chanel
3: So good. It does feel like though. I was just like, if it got to this stage and then we didn't get him, uh, if he was sniped just before us, I think like oh, the wow. listenership, the the podcast would have just been turned off. The <laughs> the stream would
2: have ended. Yeah,
4: off. we've created uh... a monster. They they did like last night. I did a I did a show and uh, they we didn't get uh, Laviska, and the chat was just absolutely devastated. Oh, Sean, this was the I mentioned this to you when we were talking on the overtime podcast. Here's my signed LaVisca Chenault mini helmet. That is nice. very nice. Very nice. What's that, Sean? Is there a story for that? It was just, I saw it was a, a fantasy podcast, Club Fantasy. They were doing a charity drive and they had a few items up for raffle. And one of them was a LaVisca Chennault mini helmet. And every time you did like a $15 donation, you got your name uh, in the thing. And so just to be sure, uh, I think I donated like $120 to make sure I got helmet. <laughs>
2: Uh, I was cute. wondering if so, you were to spend more money on the main events or more money on the LaVisca Chenault element.
4: Yeah, it's uh it's getting close. It's getting close. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um ch- 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 checking in on the chat. Um i I I did forget. Sorry, the clip the clip ends with LaVisca Chenault telling all the doubters to be quiet. Um people go up to Pete in the street in twenty years and ask him to play the clip. Pete will lash out. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. There we go. Um, our first defense off the board here.
3: You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy, all you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way. And right now, Rotova's listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BlueWire. that's $5 off and zero delivery fees off your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the app store and simply enter the code BlueWire. Don't forget, That's the code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL. And with NFL Sunday Ticket. TV, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Use the promo
4: code blue wire sean with the damian harris injury it is starting to point and the lamar miller release it does look like sony michelle is going to get the majority of those touches week one is is he at all interesting to you in this range or is harris still just the more exciting play with the discount yeah it it's so tricky here i i have some michelle late
2: i've seen him go you know around 18 19 20 because he just has that profile. He's a little bit like a Leonard Fournette who doesn't catch passes where, you know, he's got that role, but hasn't been able to show that he actually is a good NFL player off the dagger there with Darrington Evans going. Um, So uh, yeah, I wanted to ask Pat because he made such a convincing case for Harris when we were on the show last, how much does Michelle coming back and having decent practice reports combined with this Harris injury. Does that take him completely off the board for us or, and for drafters kind of in this range?
1: Yeah. Again, I think it comes down to that, that discount. And where do we take Harris? It's something like the 11th round, right? It wasn't all that early. And so at that price point with Michelle, not back and Harris, I think he has a hand injury, right? So he's, he's now, uh, unlikely to play week one. Um, all of those are real concerns and so you're getting like a round discount and so if anything it feels like the hype has pushed him up to where maybe he doesn't really deserve to be there now but if he were to fall to like the late 13th 14th range um, basically swap here with michelle and maybe get a little bit more of a discount then i do think he's still fairly interesting because he was getting that pass catching work um, where michelle has really shown that he's not going to be used that way whatsoever so uh, that gives Harris a couple different paths to be
2: relevant. Does the move to to Newton to as opposed to Brady, is that something that's a dagger for James White? And should we look at maybe a different player as a potential to catch some passes, or is that sort of irrelevant?
1: I'm not sure because that was one of the arguments against Christian McCaffrey when he went to Carolina is that, you know, he wasn't going to catch many passes and obviously Newton supported him more than fine. So, uh, I think given the the state of the pass-catching core in New England, that White should be pretty heavily involved, uh, regardless of of Newton being there instead of Brady.
4: Yeah, part of what was appealing to me about Harris was kind of the idea that he could run away with the job there. You know, Sony Michelle was even rumored to be opening up on Pup. You know, the, the reports of him catching those passes, it seemed like very nice at the time, but then things have very quickly changed and you do worry about is he talented enough to come back in and wrestle away work from Sony, wrestle away catches from James White all after coming in after the injury. Damn it. Naheem Hines goes there. Mm. Mm. To AMC. Uh, AMC guaranteed Rotovis subscriber. That's that's a lock. Um, So to me here, you know, if we want to add a running back, it's probably Bryce Love or we – Take the falling, Nikhil Harry. I don't know if we feel like that's gilding the lily. There, our eighth wide receiver, considering our running backs. What do you guys think? I think we Hardy gilded. Went.
3: Hardy, Hardy, went there in the last. He yeah, we just went. Oh,
4: we did. Okay. All right.
3: Then I think we go Bryce Love,
4: Sean. That your guy? It is. He,
2: he's, he's maybe my version of, of Pat's Rojo there in terms of feeling like <laughs> the situation and some of the so with love we've had that interesting dynamic where the news was very good and then the reports were he wasn't gonna make the team now with adrian peterson not being there obviously that vaults gibson just up into that really elite range and peterson spoke very glowingly of him but he also noted that love and the health that he's been demonstrating the ability he's been demonstrating and what he maybe is in a month right so again once we're in round 14 here we can look a couple weeks down the line, if we're really looking at this team as being Antonio Gibson and Bryce love. And I think that while those other guys may play a little bit of a role, the fact that they just released Peterson, I think suggests that it really is going to be Gibson and love. Otherwise just keep the better early down back. Right. And so love really isn't that far away now from having a role that could be pretty exciting. I say that with the understanding that we have so little real information on this, we could be completely wrong, but I think in round 14, it makes sense to, to kind of take that risk.
1: And you're getting to bet against Peyton Barber, which was a a fair amount of my Rojo thesis last year. So it is really your Rojo.
4: I will say as we kind of I'm, you know, reacting in real time to this board and kind of getting sniped on some of these guys like Evans and Hines and uh, even Joshua Kelly as well of I'm Pat, I'm feeling what we normally feel when we do our main event draft where these running back candidates we like the ADPs just start to really shoot up. And the guys we were just gobbling up a month ago, just 14, 15, 16, 17, I I started to feel like it's drying up quicker. Like I just feel the sand underneath our feet kind of uh, evaporating in a way I didn't before.
1: And Benny Snell's on waivers in our main event, the one we did first. Um, There's, you know, a lot of these guys.
3: That that draft we did, Sean, we took him in the 16th round. So like... that's only what was that three two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah the
2: the most exciting and also the most disappointing thing in terms of news this this sort of training camp time period has been Benny Snell it's been so great to hear that he is the back or in practice has been somewhat similar to what I thought he might be it's been devastating for his ADP because when you could get
4: him in the 19th round every draft that was absolutely perfect so what are we looking at here guys i mean i'm looking at the board and i don't know if there's anyone i'm gonna go to the mat for um i'm pretty open i think my preferred
1: guy is zigbo um uh, we don't know see robinson listed as a starter there but that is like the definition of an ambiguous backfield i don't even know if they know what they're gonna do <laughs> and um so i think he has uh some real potential to emerge and, and we don't really know his talent level he looks okay as a prospect he doesn't look fantastic but he's a bigger guy could uh I guess maybe we've bet against him a little bit by taking Visca and hope for the, hoping there for those touchdowns but
4: but not totally well and also just a minute I assume James Robinson is still available is, is there he, he did go okay yeah. never mind um Sean calm thoughts on a
3: I don't really mind it. It's just, I was interested to see what your thoughts were on. Um, we kind of touched on it earlier about a second quarterback. And on this show that we did uh, just before we recorded this, um, Sean had some kind of thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo. So I was just wondering at this point, with him still available, is that a road that we take or do you want to keep going? The
2: other question I had too is is there any sort of, uh, with some of our running back targets gone? Do we have any thoughts on defenses and kickers that we might want to take early? Do we have any thoughts on how we can play in sort of a, a very inexpensive fashion that Thursday night game giving us some mm. popularity?
4: Yeah, so Harrison Butker does go. So, Sean, would you be pointing with, with the Thursday night angle with uh, looking at the Chiefs' defense?
2: Maybe a little bit later still for them. Um, it's probably an extreme long shot that Tom simply get in there and score some running back points. So, and if we want to do that, we probably want to do it at the
4: very end. All right. 15 seconds right now is Zigbo's in the queue, but any, anyone can win out here with a name. If they like one, just toss it out. I have a
3: strong argument against it really.
4: All right. I guess it's a Zigbo by
3: by default.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The least enthusiasm for a draft pick of all time.
4: Wow. (laughs) Which I
1: mean, I get it. You know, it's a Zigbo.
4: I have, um, because now I feel a little snake bitten. I'm going to head to the private chat with a, with a running back I would be interested in later. Um, I'll float this here just in case we can get it on the radar and start discussion a little earlier next time.
1: I was going to mention Brian Hill as an alternative to a Zigbo, and then, of course, he went the pick before. But he's someone that uh, is sort of the Snell in Atlanta, really seems to have locked up that number two role and has impressed them beyond what he did last year. Oh, yeah,
4: I do like that, Pete. Let's see here. Um, But yeah, to Sean's point, like even the guy I mentioned, I think is still going to be fairly cheap. So I don't mind coming back here in the 16th, 17th, um, prioritizing. I think there's a couple uh, upside tight ends that I also wouldn't mind taking a peek at. Um, But yeah.
2: One of the things too, with with the Ziggo there, I think it's kind of interesting uh, just to throw sort of a a plug in for the Wrote this FFPC waivers tool. He went for well over 100 in quite a few of the FPC uh, leagues that have that early Friday waivers period. Now that was before the depth chart news came out, which probably doesn't matter. I'm a little bit more excited about the fact that Robinson is generating you know great practice reviews, both from coaches, reporters, and you know we mentioned him right after the combine. Both he and Evans in the pre. Draft and obviously the draft position plays the major role. It's the reason why uh, Edwards is in the first round; these other guys are not. But before that draft position gets factored in, Evans and James Robinson had the same score as Edwards alaire there. So those things were things I really liked about Robinson and, and reasons why I think he's justifiably going well ahead of a Zigbo. But when you can get someone in round fifteen who you know was actually a, a pretty decent bid amount. In that first waivers period i think that's a good sort of you know backup type of pick after we lost some of our main targets there
3: and that there pick, we got into kind of a there was kind of a dead area in there the the way i was ranking players and this like if we look at what's gone after as well sean mentioned the idea of a kicker or defense and it kind of felt like we were almost in that zone but it feels like it's you know three rounds earlier than i want to be in that zone so uh, it was just uh, Duffield, I, I think was the best the best pick in a, a difficult situation
1: yeah I think that he has a realistic shot of being a team starter and I don't think he'll get much uh passing game work with Thompson there and, and that not being a huge part of his skill set in college but I don't know that just seems like a good price for a for a guy where it, it's totally within the range of outcomes that he's ends up being a starter by you know week three or something
4: call him how you feeling about this team so far
3: it's pretty good there's uh, probably more running backs in it than i probably anticipated at this point but i'm pretty happy actually <laughs> with the, the actual the actual running backs that we we have got um like there's you know i, I if you're just even comparing mm-hmm. it to the, that draft a couple of weeks ago that me and sean did in the main event like a- aj Delmont, went much much earlier I, I was actually tempted to push him and round 11 as the option for us and you know he made it all the way back as well um so overall couldn't really be much happier with the wide receivers we got the guys that like before the draft, we specifically would have went for and Chenault, Kirk, and then the, the four wide receivers that we started off with um, to get slitten And there's a nice value too. And I think like, it's pretty standard for what we're trying to target in the drafts when we have that top four pick is the the running back, then the tight end, and then fill up with the wide receivers. And to get Kyler Murray as well, somebody who I haven't taken quarterbacks really as early as we have in this this offseason. So I'm, I'm happy to get one of those guys that is just – He's he's going to be a high-scoring quarterback. He's also going to be a lot of fun to watch, so I'm I'm excited for that as well.
4: I know Sean Calm had mentioned earlier kind of floating the idea of would we take a look at a second quarterback here? Definitely a couple interesting names, also potential secondary stacking candidates with some of the wide receivers we took early. Um, How do you think about a second quarterback based on our team construction so far?
2: I think I would probably wait. It's so tempting to add these guys who – do look interesting, uh, Blair and I took Burrow in our draft because we had Watson. And so if he has a bad game on Thursday, then you know, even just a decent game, I think we would be tempted to really go for it and, and throw Burrow in there and just see what happens. The, the other pick here, and I, I was going to say that we probably can keep waiting because his ADP is yeah. actually shot in the 19th or 20th round. But in terms of, again, kind of getting that exposure to a team, I think the Arizona Cardinals running game is going to score an absurd number of points. And yet, you know, it's hard to pay for Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds, someone we very easily could have drafted in this particular draft. But but again, there are so many guys I like there. Benjamin is someone I want on every single roster, even though you're probably just going to cut him. It probably won't matter. But unfortunately, he has gone here in the middle of round 16.
1: Yeah, and this guy really might be Blair. He takes I- Lindsey and
4: you know, <laughs> <laughs> It definitely... Uh, has a road of his he's
3: just, he's, he's, I think he's going through the that twenty twenty ultimate draft plan that you, you posted during uh, over the weekend, Sean. I think he's just going down through that and picking off the players. You
4: did this to yourself, Sean. I
1: blame you. <laughs> Sean, I want to do this again next year, but can we do it app, app, or before you post that draft plan, please? <laughs>
4: yeah. All right guys, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta mobilize quickly. We have sixty seconds here. We are on the clock. Uh let's hear some takes. One this is a guy the your private
2: player here is, is someone yeah. i was all over last year and it, it really backfired one of the reasons why i liked like some other guys this season for that but but now the raiders really look like they're going right back to Jalen richard as someone who will play an important role in their offense
4: yeah that's who uh as sean mentioned i floated to me you know there's real concern with theo riddick with lynn bowden being a guy we were hyped on uh, and now it seems like Jalen Richard, again, it's the same thing with the Derrick Henry versus Darrington Evans. Do you think they're going to give Jacobs 30 touches a game? I don't, they, they go to the pass catcher and negative game scripts. 15, and now so it okay. seems like it's going to be Richard. And so I like locking in some of those, those cheap PPR points here. Um, especially if we don't have a ton of pass catching floor in our other running backs.
3: I like as well. The- what I mentioned about Waller earlier being a good value at his ADP now, I think the same kind of can apply for Richard because, you know, there's going to be passes to go around. I think I think I also mentioned it on our show that we recorded earlier. I think the Raiders are going to be playing from behind a good bit this year. I don't think they're going to be very good. So I think that filters into Richard's game script as well.
4: Now, Sean, when, you, when you're talking about thinking about the banking, the points here, uh, first of all, is Casey still on the board? I think they are. So if if they play, obviously they have a great game. You start them. If they don't, are you then churning one of your last waiver spots on the Friday waiver to grab another defense? Is that kind of how you're thinking about it? Well,
2: I think one of the things that may be wrong about this, but um, that Wednesday waivers is what we have to do to set up. And so you know, you end up using a lot of roster spots. Now, the very late round picks, you're almost certainly going to be going back out of them anyway into the next couple of weeks. In some cases, it's easier to make those moves you need to make if you're just cutting a kicker or a defense as opposed to someone you were on all offseason and you're then uh, sort of pushed to hold too long. At the same time, Chark was someone that was in the reverse draft last year as the key 17th round pick but didn't end up getting him late in part because looking at some of these things with maximizing that first Thursday game. So it can work both ways. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to lose a DJ Chark because you are dedicating some extra roster resources to try and win week one, but with an 11 week season and just the absolute necessity, obviously of making it and being good enough early enough, winning those games, getting into the playoffs. It's just an interesting choice to to be considering.
1: I just want to float some names um, before we potentially start moving over to that uh, in that direction. Miles Boykin, Andy Isabella, and Gerald Everett I think are all pretty interesting here.
4: I was going to just mention Everett. I also don't mind the Isabella line of thought. Um, Everett does go one pick before us. So, uh, John, do you have any thoughts on Boykin, Isabella? I know, Colm, you just put a guy in here as well.
3: The one I put on, I'd probably be waiting on another rand or so but um
4: on isabella boykin either of those guys interesting to you
3: with isabella it's just obviously we have murray but we also have kirk it just depends if we want to get that heavily invested in that in the cardinals
4: i think putting
2: isabella with kirk is maybe more interesting than going the baltimore area. pat did you have something on boykin that that you would like to go with here
1: Uh, he's just been a guy that I, i i've been investing in pretty heavily given the available targets the rookie's not really showing all that well in baltimore And his athletic profile being extremely exciting. So, uh, I guess with Andrews and not having Lamar, uh, maybe it would make more sense to go with Isabella having Murray as well.
4: I'm okay to go either way on this one. Okay. I kind of like we did get Isabella, which I kind of like that. I, you know, in the same way, I guess we have Andrews, so we could say we're continuing to make a bet on the Ravens offense, but, you know, we're more invested in. Kyler in this Cardinals offense with that. So I don't mind uh, taking a shot there at Isabella and uh, with the same, I think they're probably pretty similar, right? From like a probability hitting standpoint, Boykin and Isabella.
1: I think so. I mean, Isabella is a better prospect, but um, just tough to see how the targets are going to break out. It's very ambiguous there.
4: All right. So we're going to have to start brushing off our, our kicker and defensive takes uh, here coming up
3: i'm learning from you too uh peter didn't want to mention that other guy in case uh in case he goes in the next round
4: i know i think my just he's
3: usually going on he's usually going undrafted so i think we should be okay but um very there's very positive reports about him over the last couple of weeks and he is somebody who heading into last season was you know pretty pretty highly thought of
4: yeah yeah, I think my only other thing would be, I guess it just comes down to our construction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're using a kicker and D. It frees us mm-hmm. up for one more spot. Um, I guess the problem is, is are there any other, you know, we could always use more uh, stabs at running back. I just don't know, you know, what, what our guys like Eno Benjamin are going off the board.
1: Uh, and DJ <laughs> Dallas, who there, there's buzz that he could actually have a third down roll there. And I think it's been pretty underreported. So AMC just continues to shine here.
4: Wow. He's going hard. Someone did point out earlier though, he was clearly setting up the stack with Matt Ryan and he got sniped on it by two picks. Oh, That'll wow. Brady with the, uh, with the Julio Ridley or though uh, Sean, didn't you, you and was it you and Blair or was that that a cabin and beers team that Hul- had Julio and Ridley on it? No, we do. Yeah, we do. We do
2: have Julio and Ridley. So yeah. that I mean that Falcons offense is going to score so many points we like both of those guys we mentioned the Ridley play as just a cheaper way to get exposure there this really looks like the season where Ridley could make the jump some of these guys like a Julio Jones it seems like they could play forever at that level and yet they don't at the same time Julio and his price it just again the the running back Drafting makes some of those guys who were even if you were a little bit worried that at some point Julio might start to decline, you know, the price that you're getting on it is so favorable.
4: Yeah. Um, as far as kicker in defenses, uh, you know, based on on ADP, uh, looks like Casey is one of the top guys. Is that still where you guys are leaning? I know Pat and I have drafted Indy in this spot a couple of times, and we could also make a case for a kicker first as well.
3: I like Casey. As as a defense, the uh, you know far this season, that's who we took in the main event. But like, there's a couple. Of, if 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 they're gone before it gets us, I'm I'm not that pushed either. <laughs> it's it's one of my least least favorite things, obviously, about drafting as a kicker and defense. But um I, I think just we'll see who's there, depending on if it's a kicker that we would go with, or otherwise we can pass and leave it another round.
2: Well We were really bashed on our defensive selection in the last draft. And so uh, do we, Pat, uh, Pete, do we have anybody in the draft who is going to uh, feel like we lost the draft here with our, our defensive selection? Wait, you
4: got to remind me on this. I've done too many drafts. What, what do we get bashed on? Uh, I I believe
2: selecting the Colts over the chargers in the, uh, in the 19th round.
4: Okay, man, it's all, it's all blur to me uh, at this point, Pat, do you recall that?
1: Not really. And I prefer the Colts (laughs) to the chargers so we can get bashed again.
4: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Do you guys have a lean as far as kicker versus defense here? It if sounds the Chiefs like needs to play.
3: Yeah, if if the Chiefs were there, I would I would take them over a kicker. Okay. And the we only we do have, um,
1: Well, at kicker, if Casey's gone, I think uh, I have some desire to go with Young Hoku. He just lost. went. Uh,
4: it, you're gonna. That you, hurts. You, that's oh, he went bad. to
1: AMC, dude.
4: He went to AMC.
1: <laughs> wow. AMC might be in the in the comments here.
4: Yeah. I see, I actually get the vibe. I think there's maybe one person watching. I get the vibe that AMC just has his RotoViz articles pulled up. I yeah, don't I, think I don't think he's be. actually in here watching. Koo is pretty suspicious, dude. I guess Koo is a little suspicious. Um I think we should get the Chiefs defense unless he wants to double up Rams and Chiefs defense, which I doesn't seem like he would do, but never know. I like the Chiefs defense here a lot. All right. So we get the Chiefs defense. We'll go ahead and do that. And When it comes
3: to, when it comes to kickers, then, do you have any, like, preferences over how you – the only thing I tend to try and target is, um, unless it's the Broncos and you're in mile high, I try and take an indoor, somebody who plays majority of their games indoor. Have you used any press, preference for picking kickers?
1: Not really because I feel like we're going to end up dropping this person for someone else along the way. So Probably. Um <laughs> We can, if the weather turns, we can we can move to an indoor guy later on, probably.
4: Uh, I just want a high-scoring offense to start the year. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, someone in the chat mentions Prater. Let's see here. We got a couple of kickers who had been released recently. Uh, Suck up Prater. What is I don't even – is Prater on the Lions still? I believe so. He is, yeah.
1: Jake oh. Elliott I select
4: when I have to select a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> i don't always select kickers but when i do it's jake unless
3: there's a if there's somebody here that we're interested in in the 19th round and leave the leave the kicker then to the 20th
4: well Is we there any... we obviously
2: don't need him but but pat are you are you still intrigued by adding boykin
1: i am still intrigued by adding boykin yeah i don't see any real running back options that that are that exciting um i guess we could you know, look at a Ryan Knoll or something, which we, we added when we ran out of options in another draft. But I, I think Boykin's more interesting. This is the thing we Pete and I talk about this idea of taking a peek. And I think Boykin is a classic example, as is Isabella, of seeing how involved they are in week one. And if they're not involved, they're pretty easy cuts. They're not the type of guys that, you know, you're gonna want to hold on to all season where as much as I like, you know, Benjamin, you can imagine being looking back at your season and being like, well, we held, you know, Benjamin for six weeks and and that was a mistake. I don't think that will happen with Isabella or Boykin.
4: Yeah, I don't mind it. And I too, you know, we are, we're very uh, highly leveraged on rookie wide receivers uh, through a lot of our drafts. And I don't mind continuing to try to chase some of these really cheap second year breakout guys um, just with the likelihood Um, we are on the clock. Uh, Dan Arnold goes. So to me, Miles Boykin falling here. I know, Calm had a guy he like. Colm, do you prefer MVS to to Boykin, or are you on board with Boykin?
3: I probably prefer MVS to Boykin, but that's me probably being a little bit biased. I would just be looking at like you know where Lazard has gone in the twelfth round. You know, at this time last year, I know it's a whole season, but MVS was well thought of going into the season, and he's obviously dropped away. But there's very positive reports coming out of training camp. Um, that yeah. would be my point to that. But if you if I'm overruled, let's go Boykin.
4: I think Boykin's a little more interesting tied to Lamar Jackson, a realistic path to being kind of the third guy in targets there. I think it's a little more murky with Green Bay and just wondering how much that offense is going to score this year compared to the Ravens kind of pushes me personally to Boykin. Uh, you can rub it in our face with an MBS.
3: He was somebody who, like, uh, I, I do own a dynasty, and he kind of had fallen away altogether. And, you know, but just usually the thing that, like i don't listen to a lot of stuff that comes out of green bay but when rogers starts talking up players and training camp and that's what we heard last year about lazard over and over again nobody was talking about lazard and rogers kept bringing up the name and he's doing the exact same thing this year with MVS, where he's not talking a huge amount about anyone else outside of Devonte adams and realistically there's not a huge like tight ends a big question mark um, yeah. and green bay You know They have Devontae Adams, they have Aaron Jones, but there's a lot of question marks then around who's the next basically two targets after Devontae Adams uh, in terms of target share, and those passes are going to have to go somewhere. So that's just what made me intrigued. And he was somebody who kind of three weeks ago was completely (laughs) off my radar, Um, but I think that like he's going on... He'll probably go undrafted in this as well, but I I think there is upside there. So we get the exciting pick now to to finish it off, and the... (laughs) And the kicker sticks.
1: Well, Jake Elliott's gone, so I'm I'm out of uh, options and ideas. Uh, although we did take what was it, Tyler Bass? Pete, I know he's a kicker.
4: <laughs> that, that's the love. <laughs> I, I know he plays the position we need. That feels like a victory at this point. <laughs>
3: I I mentioned about uh Denver and kickers that play at mile high. So uh Brandon McManus is still there. I, I always think that and I I t- talked about this with Sean as well, I think that they're an offense who may do very well moving the ball uh between kind of the twenties, but they may get stuck continuously without getting into the red zone or into the end zone. And I, I think that makes them an interesting candidate for a lot of field goals.
4: To me, whoever just can muster even just the faintest kicker take, I think they went out here. So, I mean, you just sold me on McManus pretty hard. I'm
1: 100% in on McManus. I'm going to be so mad if we get sniped.
4: In my head, I'm just picturing in Monday Night Football, Cortland Sutton and A.J. Brown have already combined for 300 yards, and then McManus is just drilling 60 yarders through that thin (laughs) Colorado air.
3: But they can like the, if they're getting up to a uh, hundred and fifty yards each, like it could just be that they're getting a huge amount of catching a huge amount of passes for you know twenty yards each time. Oh,
1: oh, oh, come on! Oh, really? <laughs>
3: <laughs> could you imagine if it was uh, AMC that took them? That'd have been yeah. so fun.
1: Well, someone in the in the comments here uh, said it was Gretch, and <laughs> Gretsch. I'd believe it.
4: I'd believe. Yeah, there you go. Under his, his his pseudonym. Uh, i could see it here the um yeah,
3: i have to make it all of a have to cut a deal to, to split the teams
4: <laughs> so Colin, can you muster another kicker take after your boy McMahon?
3: i'm all out of kicker takes now we need uh, anyone playing indoors here you didn't seem too high on the packers offense uh, for scoring points um so <laughs> crosby's there he's usually fairly reliable but uh,
4: Who, who's their week one matchup the vikings vikings okay Sean, any any kicker takes?
2: No, I, the challenge always with the kickers is just to draft someone who is currently on a team. Although <laughs> you can just swipe them <laughs> out with uh, with that
4: first waivers section. The um, I, next, I, I'm I'm fine with uh, with Crosby. Crosby works for me. Yeah, I think. Let's right, do. Well, it. he
3: will be my two. but But um, I was just going to ask Petersons after going there in the last that last pick, like you know. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Carry on and Peterson was there, and with the waters more murky. But um, like if what surely then that makes Peterson a value of that pick there. I was going to mention him earlier in the draft.
4: Here's so, um one wait, more comment
1: here. The same Blankenship from Jay.
4: Yeah, that's what I was just going to pull up. They were saying Paulson currently has him ranked fourth. They're playing uh, indoors versus the what is it? The Jags in Week One. You guys want to or. Are you okay going blank and ship or I, I've, I can't muster an opinion on this. Cool
2: no, someone it, said right. they're
4: at the Jags week one, so they're not indoors, but it is a an outdoor warm weather matchup.
2: I was going to say, too, cool. that once once we get going here, last year Stefan did a fantastic streaming kicker article, and so I'm going to have some more uh, strong feelings as we go along and try and make, uh, week to make week-to-week make sure we match up uh, with the best highest scoring kicker opportunities as we go through the season. Obviously those will just be $1 bids as we move yeah. through. But if you are looking for some kicker advice, Stefan really nailed those last year.
1: There you go. Blank and shit then. Oh, there. I already, I already took got No, uh, no No worries just playing for that week
4: one matchup was my thought.
3: It's a very, that's an unusual name. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds
4: (laughs) like a character on Mad Men or something. All right, guys. So qualifies as a hot take for kickers. I want to do a quick (laughs) recap of this team. And maybe there was a question here that I thought might be fun to tie in as we recap this other than Chanel, who are each of your must walk away from every draft with this guy, guys. So, um, let's go around the horn here. Let's start with column. Uh, how you feel about this team and uh your must walk away with guy?
3: Well, I mentioned through the team in general already, so I'll not spend too much time on it. I think the guy at the minute that uh, you know must draft is probably DJ Moore at that point. Like you know, and I think we're all in unison there. And the other ones, Cortland Sutton. I, I like to try and get those two guys every, every draft if I can. It's, ha- it's actually happening most of the time because they continue to be undervalued.
4: Yep. Um, Sean, how you feeling about this squad? Who's your guy?
2: Yeah, love the team. I think that especially in the FFPC, the single elite running back approach really gets you off to the perfect start. You have that league winner running back and then you can really hammer the wide receivers that you want there. I, Sutton... Someone definitely, the real, you know, amazing pick, I think, from this draft, from an ADP perspective, being able to put AJ Brown with a slightly different team. We've joked about how, you know, we're drafting the same team over and over. Having Brown with this team as opposed to one of the teams that we normally draft in that 10, 11, 12 range, I think that's a lot of fun. In terms of the must draft guy, when you're going with this format and this start, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Pat said it it seems impossible to think that he would bust. You know, I would second that. You know, we hope that that volume can increase. We talk a lot about Andrews being an efficiency guy. You know, that can obviously bounce around a little bit season to season. But with this Ravens offense, you expect them to be very, very explosive. If Mark Andrews actually emerges a little bit, though, with his volume, then you're talking about him being really the pick that sets everything up. So I think Mark Andrews in this format may be that guy where, you know, you must come out of the draft with him. And and that's why, you know, I, I didn't push harder for Hopkins, who I also think there in that range, you know, is a great pick. Pat. What's the take? Yeah,
1: I completely agree with the point about Andrews, just sets you up so well structurally, especially since we know we're not going to be hammering running back early on. So it gives you that extra roster spot uh, that you don't have to spend uh, two on tight end. Uh, I mean, Sutton is a guy, he's my highest owned player in best ball. So uh, agree with Calm on that one. And then uh, Boykin is a guy that uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys let me uh, talk us into there because just the it's like available targets and athleticism. And I wonder if we had gotten preseason, if we'd be really excited about what he can do on that offense. Um, and then, I mean, you know, I was just happy to see that that column is such a Rojo stand in, in this draft.
4: <laughs> column providing Pat, some nice cover to say that uh, it was, it was column who took him there. Um, Cause
1: I made the case for Herndon. It was, yeah. I really couldn't have asked for anything better than that.
4: Um, I, I obviously like this team. I really like when we're able to build out really high, fa- high firepower starting lineups. I think in previous years, sometimes reaching for those QBs can, can feel a little gross, but the way these drafts have kind of fallen and you get guys like Kyler and Deshaun Watson as really good values with also really high, fi- high firepower starting lineup combinations I really like. Obviously, the same goes for Mark Andrews. No one can question our wide receiver firepower. I will say my one takeaway that I mentioned earlier, feeling like we are getting squeezed a little bit on some of our preferred zero running back targets. Some of that is as the ADPs get more efficient because of news and inter- information in training camp. Part of that is when we have other Rotoviz subscribers in the draft with us, um, so I don't love maybe our, our running back core as much as I do some of the other teams, but it's also fun to get some different exposures, uh, to guys like, um, a Zigbo and Jalen Richard that I don't have on other teams that might have a little juice. So overall love the construction. Think, uh, we are ready to go to war with this team. Uh, this was super fun guys. Thank you guys for, uh, for suggesting this idea. We had a blast.
2: It was awesome. Pete, for, for people who, are drafting, and there are a ton of great main event opportunities. You you really, I, I think the winning team in the main event will be drafted in the next couple of days. Talking about those running backs and not really getting our guys, and looking at us taking Darrell Williams there in the 11th. Do you have, and, and Colin and, and Pat as well, tips for drafters on how they should proceed now if they want to make sure they're getting? Snell, Evans,
4: Hines, some of those guys. It does seem like, you know, especially if you have a true zero RB build like AMC, um, you do have to be aggressive. Um, It can be tempting to get anchored to ADP. Uh, I find myself doing this in best ball drafts all the time. I'm always trying to get the value. Um, But if your build is driving you in that direction, um, I like how AMC kind of attacked this draft, even if he was grabbing guys maybe one round ahead of what we would otherwise do. So that would just be my advice is make sure – you're aggressive um, to where you're not just trying to get value and your guys at the same time, because it's hard to have your cake and eat it too at this stage of the drafting game.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that because I mentioned it a few times, the the people that we were taking, you know, between the 15th and 17th round at running back all in this draft have gone in the kind of 11 to 13 range. They've, they've all been pushed up by, you know, two, three rounds each. So you really do need to t- take your shots on the guys you really want if you're taking that approach.
1: Yeah, I think in this part of the draft, ADP can pretty much be thrown out the window. Uh, you're really looking for the guys who fit the right profiles and trying to get as many of them on your team and maybe tie-breaking between those with the, the likelihood that the other guy could fall back to you. I do think there's some picks that, like the Darrington Evans pick, I've seen him go much later than this uh, recently, so surprised a little bit to see him in the 13th, although I think that's a good pick there. And then... Uh, I also think you can pretty much throw out what AMC did is his being kind of a unless you're literally in the draft with him specifically. I think he was targeting guys that um, the road of his guys target and we target, but aren't commonly going this high. So I guess I wouldn't try to take too much away from what he did in the draft as being indicative of kind of the general market.
3: And thanks for checking out the second show of the podcast series uh, here for the draft and obviously uh, if you haven't checked out the bold predictions episode already head on over and check that one out i uh, really enjoyed recording that one with pete uh, obviously check out the guys as well on twitter at peter overzet and at pat corain you can follow me on twitter at over to marland and sean on his twitter hiatus still currently maybe one day we'll get him back on the, the twitter sphere but uh, at the moment the best place to check out everything sean does is up on His dot com and as always you can get yourself that 10 percent discount as well more information available at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and with all that said and done best of luck in nfl week one we'll see you as you get ready for nfl week two with two more shows next week join us back then for another edition until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The wait is finally over, and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day every day. Head on over to Bet Online, take advantage of their great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code Blue Wire when signing up at BetOnline.ag to get your welcome bonus. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.